Welcome to the Expert Network Team podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The Expert Network team consists of Carl Frank of ANI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. We encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I'm Nathan Merrill, attorney at Goodspeed Merrill, and I'm here with Carl Frank of A&I Financial. Hey, Nate, how are you? I'm doing well, and um, this uh, today we're going to carry on in a theme sense from our last podcast where we talked about headwinds, more the business headwinds and kind of uh, emotional professional headwinds that we might encounter gave some anecdotal um, framework in in the things that I'm facing. But today we're going to shift on the headwind side, and I'm going to turn it over to you to help to describe what we may mean by this. But today we're going to be talking about economic headwinds. So when just to frame our discussion, how would you define economic headwinds such that we can help people understand how well, these are going to impact them? You know, I think it's a great question. The economic headwinds of which we're going to speak is just business downturn. So our our topic and our listeners are largely business owners and are running a small business or a manager in a business and and worried about making money and how they're going to keep their people employed and keep their supply chain running and, and paying their taxes and growing their firm and staying strategic in a world where all the news is bad and it looks like the economic recession um, is coming upon us, but I, you know, we're going to dive into that in greater detail. I can't wait to um, come out of here. I may be the only optimistic voice that you hear, and and so we should have a lot of fun today. Well, I find sometimes that optimism is just a byproduct of the amount of time you, you allow yourself to to perceive the problem, right? I love that. So is there, has there ever been a problem that hasn't been resolved eventually? I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Every, you know, the 2008 stock market crash was terrifying in countless ways. And you look back at it and the market's four times higher even after. Well, in the 1987, was it 87 Black Friday? 87 Black Friday, thought, we thought it was the end of the world. And you look right? at that, I was actually explaining this to my son as he's built up, my, my college-age son has built up some capital, that he wants to put yeah, to good use. For him. Um, I said it's an interesting time to try to find the right way to put to use. Oh yeah. So maybe he can talk to my son because my son spends more than he <laughs> even has. <laughs> but but what I did was I said, okay, you're going to put it in the market now, and the market may still drop some. Right. 
Right. And so if you look at what you've just done, you'll look at the where it went in and you'll look where it's at. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled out the the graph of this particular oh, fund we're looking good for at. You, yeah. And I said, okay, here's the five year view. Yeah. Here's where we're at now. Here's where it was five years right. ago. There's a significant positive return mm-hmm. in there. Then I pulled it back further to ten years. And then I pulled mm-hmm. it and that's why I say optimism more or less, is just a product of time frame. Time frame. I love that. That's a because, great way to put it. Because you can, go, you can go back to the worst day in the 87 crash, and you'd be a millionaire today. You could have bought in like the day before the crash, and you'd be a multimillionaire today. Yeah, expand your time frame long enough, and everybody's an optimist. I wish that were the case. Well, somebody told me recently, I read this. This is a great quote that I love, and, I, and I'm using it in one of our recent Periscopes. Um, you know, pessimists sound smart. But optimists make money. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of truth in that, you know. And, and and think about this. I mean, if you've got a market that goes from bottom left to top right in dollars and in time, over a long period of time, you just need that long period of time. We'll talk about it, you know, a different day about if you don't have enough time. But now you've got an opportunity where you're on that chart somewhere. And you're down 20, 21%, something like that, since the beginning of the year, since the peak of the market. You've got an even better chance here in the future of making more money because now everything's on sale. And what's going on right now, which is really interesting in the economic, and this just happens to be the time and the week, and the you know we're we're, we're doing this in in July 2022, where earnings season is coming out, and and the expectations were oh earnings are going to be bad because the stock market's bad, so the stock prices. You know, people think um, are betting on future earnings, and so if they're down, then earnings must decline too. But that's not actually what's been happening so far this earnings season. The earnings have been coming out really strong. So now you're getting better earnings at lower prices. Eventually, these stock prices are going to catch up. Eventually, they're going to turn around. Eventually, people are going to become more confident. We're not there yet. Well, if you don't believe that, you know, going back to your pessimist, a pessimist farmer does not plant a crop. He just assumes it's all going to die, and and it's it's also manifest in what we call the what I call the fear doctrine. That which you fear, you cause. So if you're a pessimist, you don't take risks, and without taking risks, you don't have opportunity for growth. You 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 may hedge, you may stay in the same place, but an optimist sees opportunity. An optimist takes risk. An optimist takes action yeah. and creates the opportunity right. for something good to happen. Why would you do anything if you think everything's going to be worse? Right? right? You would just shelter down and hunker down and forget forget about the world and, and hope that somebody else is going to change something to make your life better. And that's, that's miserable. That's just a, a vicious cycle of self-defeating behavior that's going to bring about exactly what you dread. Right. That's why I say it's the it's the fear doctrine of causing you cause whatever you fear you you don't ask the girl out because you're afraid she's going to say no. Well, you never get you to never go have out. the opportunity. So the same th- the same result is what you fear. But anyway, well, I love the fear doctrine, and I think that's what's going on right now. And I love the I love that you know two word phrase you just put on it because everybody's worried about the recession. So that may be what we bring about. We may bring about an economic recession, but I'm going to take two steps back from that. And say, as pre-retirees or possibly retirees who might be listening, do you really care? You, you, what, you, what really affects you is what's affecting you in your stage of life. So it's your particular business if you're a business owner, and it's your particular retirement account if you're a retiree. 
it's your particular income in either case that's really getting you through this, right? It's only a short period of time that we're ever in a recession. It's not a um, an ongoing natural phenomenon for human beings to not be growing. Growing is natural. Right. It's what we do. It's we don't we don't regress. We grow. And we could we could probably argue all the day long about what causes recessions and in this one I think the traditional one of the traditional arguments for the cause of a recession is probably more apparent than in other situations, which is just how the monetary it's the money. Mo- monetary system works. It's but but that aside, yeah. the other thing that I think a recession creates, and I don't necessarily consider myself an op- op- optimist like you said you are, but the way I've always tried to view recessions is a repositioning of capital and labor, right? right. Exactly. It, it allows you to take out right. the inefficient actors mm-hmm. or the inefficient investments and find a more productive place for it. Yeah, you get your best opportunities in a recession. So um, I was fully employed in the dot-com crisis, you know, dot-com rise. I was working for a company that would be end up being bought five times in five years, and the, the, the eventual buyer was enormous. So I went from employee 35 to 13,500 or something, mm-hmm. right? And then the dot-com crash happened, and 100, out of 150 of us in the Golden office here in Colorado were laid off on a single day. And, you know, it's one of the best opportunities that ever happened to me. So it was a, it was a bad recession. Yeah, it hurts to be redeployed as capital or oh, labor. It but was the worst. Yeah, it was the worst <laughs> stock market crash. So, you know, I mean, my, my cubicle mate who, who made it through there um, felt like an idiot because he just bought himself a BMW with his stock market earnings. And now he's like, oh, dear, maybe I shouldn't have taken out that big loan to buy this big fancy car, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe not all these IPOs are going to go up. 300 percent in a half hour every day for the rest of my career <laughs> right oh, so reality hit him hard right. but it hit me hard in, an, in a fantastic way and it gave me the opportunity to go back and, and finish the master's degrees and start the firm that we're talking from right now ENI financial services and it's just been a great opportunity and that's often what happens in recessions the best ideas finally take you know, they take seed in the good times, but you don't plan them until the bad times. And, and you, you've got to have that optimism and that confidence. And in my case, you got to have a really good, you know, spouse to help you through it, too, because, uh, you know, we'd never be here without her. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, so economic headwinds, getting kind of back to the, the core topic here, some of the economic headwinds that are, are – Listeners who are business owners might be facing um, increased cost of I think goods, increased costs are huge. Labor, yeah, yeah. and um, labor is huge. Borrowings, and, and now mortgages and interest rates are going up. You know, of those, the only one that um, well, none of them are permanent, right? All of these rising costs. So, uh, yeah, we were just talking we moments were. ago about exactly. Uh, you bought wood for a construction project six weeks you, ago. Now you're looking at significantly lower cost for the same amount of goods. You, you and I are in, in business together, being a, a commercial building owner together, and and I'm the one who's got to spend, you know, our our team has got to spend a bunch of money improving our space this year. And and we were terrified with the rising costs last year. I mean, it was just going up and up and up and up, and the lumber hit all-time highs. Lumber is down a lot 
more than 30 or 40% from its high. It's, it's almost halved of, uh, from its high. It's, it's a great time, mm -hmm. actually, in comparison to what it was just a few months ago. Right. And a lot of other costs for producers are coming down as well. So that may be the case that, that if our businesses can stay in business, and like I'm telling you, earnings are not that bad. They're, they're really good. In some cases, you know, record-setting. You know, companies are going to have lower input prices. They might not need to raise the ex, you know, the the consumer prices, and we could see lower prices in the future. So all of the, you know, of the three, they they could definitely change. Uh, um, another one is the labor cost, and and that one I think is sticky. So I'm going to come back to it. Um, what was the third one that we talked? Oh, mortgage rates. Mortgage rates are down over the past few weeks. They're up over the previous few weeks. I've learned to be really humble with interest rate predictions that I've thought interest rates would need to be higher for over a decade. Now they're finally happening. Mm -hmm. So if the Fed does what the Fed said it would do, and there's a lot of reason to think that it won't, a lot of reasons to be suspicious, but if they do what they say they're going to do, yeah, you can expect rates to continue to rise. And that for would be... For a while. Yeah. Right. And, and right now, as of you know, the latest charts that I saw, um, maybe... This morning, it might have been yesterday morning, it, it's less than a few hours old. Uh, the market, by and large, which is a better predictor of interest rates than the Fed, uh, says that they'll raise through the beginning of next year, and then maybe they'll stop and maybe even start reducing interest rates right. next year. And that's Well, the strange thing is, and we were talking about this on mortgages too, and this is something people should consider, not that I give financial advice, but a 30-year mortgage is going to behave differently than a 15. Oh, yeah. Which is going to behave differently than a 7-year oh, yeah. arm. So, so you can... You can manipulate your interest rate exposure just like the banks do, just by picking exactly. different terms and exposures. I had a client um, last week tell me that they got a longer, as in like 30- or 20-year mortgage, for a larger amount of money at a lower rate than they got for the 15-year not-jumbo loan. And right. it really depends on the bank. It really depends on what they want to sell. It's right. all about the bank filling up and, and whatever the market is willing to offer. Case in point, I just went out and refinanced a used auto, relatively old used auto. I mean, in my mind, it's brand yeah. new, but it's 2011. Yeah. 54-month yeah. um, loan for 2.49%. Unbelievable. That's basically like, in my mind, that's the bank paying me to that's borrow like money. money. Yeah. Because my money is going to devalue at the rate of 8%, and I'm paying them 25 I'm like... <laughs> we have had really high inflation recently. So on that note, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you maybe a curveball here. I just read an article today, and I don't know that the article is definitive, but raised an interesting question. I'd, I'd like to hear your perspective on this. Which is worse, an inflationary environment or recessionary environment? Because they, you're usually two halves of the same coin. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they go together. The whole risk we are facing in recession is the Fed trying to tamper down yes. the inflationary elements of the right. the, the overheated right. elements of our economy that are fueling inflation. There's a few other things that are fueling inflation that are not interest rate related, right. like labor shortages and things like that. But thoughts on which oh, is worse? Get, yeah, I mean, you know, this is where or uh, which is better? Yeah, opinions, right? Where yeah. opinions matter, and 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 forecasts are, you know worth the price you pay for them and here we are for free so you know, take it with a grain of salt but what we don't want is what we had in the 70s with stagflation the, it, well yes and and what we had in the 70s was a well-intentioned 
Federal Reserve. So I can't remember the reserve chairman before Arthur Burns, but Arthur, uh, I, he was after Burns. Okay. Uh, but but Burns, Arthur Burns, um, in many people's opinions, was the worst federal chairman ever to exist. But he was super well-intentioned, and he was very active. And, and, and the gentleman before him who, who did the, basically the same thing got off the hook. But Burns was the stagflation. It was the guy during. And what happened was um, we, had a, uh, we had a recession or, or, or fears of a recession, so he lowered interest rates. And then all of a sudden, inflation continued with the lowering interest rate, and they felt out of control. So then what did he do? He raised the interest rates, and the inflation got worse, and the recession got worse, and you had stagflation. So you had a Federal Reserve that tried to do everything, right? You had um, an organization that uh, has a lot of uh, power over only one thing, and it's one thing, this interest rate, the discount rate used by banks is being magnified throughout the economy. So without clear direction and without consistency, uh, you've got a massive problem. Now, the good news about that is that that has been in the economic history books for 50 years, right? So this we're is, bound to repeat it is what you're saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that <laughs> the men and women who are in charge today were in college when that was happening, right? right. They were starting their careers at that point in time, They're, or, or they've already retired, right? They, they're the, they have been studying this and fearing this and been, um, uh, been treating this as the one thing you don't want to do. And so I don't think, actually, Nate, I think it's the opposite. I think it's very unlikely that we're going to have a Federal Reserve that does that, except that I also, for the past 20 years, have been thinking the Federal Reserve would start to raise rates. And, uh, of course, they haven't until this year. Right. And, and uh, I mean, one could argue whether the rates are the bigger problem or the quantitative easing was the bigger problem, just Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't know if there's an argument there. I think that the money, the amount of money sloshing around the economy right. is absolutely the reason we have inflation. Which may have made the lack of rate increases less. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been an invisible tax happening over right. the last 10 years with all the money coming. Into oh, yeah. The system. Yeah. Um, but the, the other unique I believe this is a unique quality of our current economy relative to the 70s is both the labor force partition, participation rate and our unemployment rate. Unbelievable. We have very low unemployment rate, and it's very low here, and it's staying low, and it's staying low across Some industries. would claim that's a sign of a good economy. Your it thoughts? It is absolutely a sign of a good economy. It's a very strong sign of a, of a good economy. Except for it's inflationary. Except that we continue to have price-wage inflation, and we've got wages going up, so prices are going up, so employers can pay these higher wages. And, and that's a positive. Can we have a recession where there's still inflation? Is that, is that the definition of stagflation, a recession, a low-growth environment with rising costs? Uh, yes, right. So a declining GDP or a declining uh, economy with rising costs is stagflation. But this is really different from that in that, well, we haven't had it yet, for one, but it is a possibility. There's a lot of possibilities. But what's interesting about this particular fear of recession, because it hasn't happened yet, right? It, you know, Maybe to confirm in a few weeks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Q2 closed, right? right? Either are or we aren't in a recession we, right now. We exactly, don't know yet. Exactly, exactly right. And, because and Q1 was negative. Growth. And you never know in advance. It's right. always, and, you know, the market's always betting. And, and the last recession we had lasted, like, you know, two nine days, months, two days and a few hours. Right. right. It was it was the covid recession. Right? Oh, that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. you forget all about it. Right. It was so it was fast. it was it was an artificial 
it was termination so and resurrection. It was It was so fast you forget all about it. I, I think of the 2008, 2009, as, as dramatic as that was, it was still relatively short. The recession short. part said, was super yeah. short. Exactly. The economic, and the, markets, the recovery was really slow. It, it was the slowest of all time right. by many, many measures. And, and the recovery from COVID was one of the fastest by many, many measures, right. like by uh, order of magnitude, maybe faster, I think. Um, but we digress. I think that the, the where we're at right now, which is really unique, and I don't know how it's going to resolve, but I have a lot of confidence that when people have jobs, they will get optimistic. The optimism will return, and people have a lot of jobs right now. So maybe things are changing. Maybe our prices are out of control. Maybe there's a lot of um, political strife, and we've got a lot of uh, war and, and just horrible things. Uh, the news is just bad all over, right? And, and so, of course, we feel bad. We feel less uh, confident, but we're employed. By and large, we could we're be in employed. Sri Lanka. Holy cow! Not or, to digress even further, but but or, or Colombia. I mean, you know. But God bless America, right? We are in a very exactly. stable, notwithstanding all the things that you can point to that are terrible about what's going on. That's it's right. stable. It's solid. We are we are America. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's Cue right. the music. I know, Henry. I, think, I, I, think we get that <laughs> in. I hope we can. Yeah, right. I mean, that is the that's the that's the beauty where we're at, right? And and we have the ability to build it ourselves. So, so we're extremely, de- you know, dependent upon um, the technologies that already exist that we have offshored, that we're bringing back, and it's going to take a while to bring them back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're not sitting in Europe depending upon liquid natural gas to be shipped from, you know, to Moscow for from America, right? Right. Without a liquid natural gas facility sitting in the shores of Hanover, Germany, yet to be built, right? We're not in that position. We're not. Uh, sitting in England wondering how in the world we ever allowed Boris Johnson to stay in power for as long as he is and what are we going to do in, in now um, with a guy who says he's out of power at a time when we're looking at, you know, winter and and we need a lot of natural gas and we got nobody to make the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, there's a lot of really wonderful countries and in, 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 um, uh, politics going on that are worse than ours. Yeah. I've heard recently from someone who's widely traveled, like, for people who don't like America, they need to travel. Yeah, exactly. And this is a good time, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, the euro is basically a dollar now. Oh, right? sweet. This is, this is 20% off sale right here going on. So if you want to go to Europe, now's the time. If you want to go to Britain, now's the time. And the pound is on a downtrend. So, you know. Maybe you want to continue, you know, to go ahead and book those tickets. Develop a little bit of uh, patriotism in the process. And you just might, right? You just might. I mean, yeah. Alex de Tocqueville was a Frenchman, and, and he wrote one of the best treatises about why America is wonderful ever to be written, right? And he just did it by coming here. Well, you could go there or go to the country that you think you admire the most and see if you still really do. It's a pretty good place to be. Right. Pretty good place to be. So, you know, it, you know that's another headwind, though. So the the stronger dollars is harder for exporters in in America. So, but there's not a single company that we have that we're working with that isn't already thinking about how they change that. How about who their new clients are going to be? So, if they're and a or lot how of they're going to innovate, so well, their yeah. product is distinctly different. And and who their new clients could be. So if you are because they're not building Teslas in France. Ig, they're right. Exactly. They're certainly not, and they're not. They're, and there's no plans to, as far as I know. But what do I know? Well, right. Mercedes has got the EQ, so who needs a Tesla? <laughs> Seriously, it looks like a sweet car, and the <laughs> Porsche car looks really good. Too. Well, the Porsche is very nice. I, I, 
have met someone who's purchased that car and it is pretty It's pretty remarkable. nice, man. Yeah. It's a pretty nice car. He's got the four-door version. I don't know right? if they make the two, but the four-door is just like, it's a rocket. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And it looks like a Porsche. It's which I, I, I prefer that style to the <laughs> Tesla style. I, I like a car that looks like uh, a Porsche. I think Elon does too, actually. Yeah. I think Elon said that that was their number one competitor was Porsche. And that, I, he owned one for a while. But, you know, who knows what Elon says, right? I mean, a couple of days ago he was going to buy, uh, you know, some Internet company I heard of once, and, and now I yeah, guess he doesn't. Yeah, that, that story is that the final chapter on that book has not been written. This, that's so interesting to follow, both from a legal investment, mm-hmm. social media. I mean, It's bizarre. I, I personally believe with the genius that Elon Musk, I, I think he's playing – some people like a song. I think he's making out pretty well. He's not going to get stumped on this thing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, he thinks so. He's definitely confident in his actions. Pretty sure. He, but we'll see. Who knows what's really going to happen? Final right? chapter's not written yet. Yeah, who knows about Elon? Not our problem. In any event, in any event, I'll give you a real life example of a client. So a client um, builds uh, 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 wiring parts, right? Parts that are only used by businesses to help build their products. But uh, And a lot of those sh- products are then shipped overseas, right? So they're an exporter. Mm-hmm. So they're being hurt because a lot of currencies around the world are being devalued, especially relative to the dollar. And so all of a sudden, his prices in overseas markets look a lot more expensive. Well, great opportunity for him. He would rather be onshoring anyway. All these companies that he has been avoiding in America, because they're all getting their stuff cheap from China and everywhere else, are looking for onshoring, are mm-hmm. looking to sell their products here, are looking to reshore all of their... It's a great opportunity for him, sure. right? So here in the middle of the recession is one of the best growth opportunities that person's ever had. Had we not had that recession, he would not have that opportunity. And I think that that is something that a lot of people just miss with the recession. I mean, Maybe perhaps this is one of these economic recessions that's just caused by non-economic reasons. Maybe it's all these other things that are going on in our country and the world right now that have people all sorts of upset that are bringing us to think, oh, well, you know, it must be the economy, stupid. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we're still employed. Maybe the business owners are really excited about the new opportunities that are coming in because this has all happened. And maybe this massive shift in direction uh, could be one of the best opportunities we've ever had. So a little bit of what I hear you saying, and I can't remember if I've recounted this allegory or fable or whatever you would call it real quick, is the allegory of the old man at the edge of town, which mm-hmm. is you, you this, this person observed this old man sitting on his porch at the edge of town. Someone's coming through and says, we're thinking of moving here. What type of people would we find here? And he says, tell me about the people that, where you came from. And, oh, they were, you know, the worst people, the worst type. You know, they were backbiters. <laughs> They'd never come to your aid, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And he says, you'll probably find the same type of people here. And then those people are like, well, thanks for letting us know. They move on. Someone else shows up, and, and they ask the old man, we're thinking of relocating to this town. What kind of people would you find here? And he said, and he says, what kind of people were where you came from? He says, oh, the most wonderful people in the world. You know, they, they'd give you the shirt off their back. They'd just come to help you in time of need. Um, he says, you'll probably find the same type of people here. And I think the moral to that story is uh, recession or not recession, you can – you find what you're looking for in it. 
you can yeah. find opportunity or right. you can find doom and gloom. Exactly. That's kind of what I hear you saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I love that story. I love that allegory. You can you can repeat that allegory to me as many times as you want because yes, that's a that's exactly what you're gonna find. Yeah. And you know, in the economic headlines right now, you actually don't have to look very hard to find good news, but it's not gonna make the news. You have to look it's not sensational enough. It's not what sells the ads. It's not what glues you to the tube. So headwinds or no headwinds, the the outcome of our discussion as I'm I'm seeing it is uh possibilities and opportunities abound. It, it Maybe the best ever. It, I mean think about think about even the, investment opportunities. Oh yeah. Think about think think investment opportunities. Think about um personal opportunities. Like I'm saying, I mean you can you can travel to Europe for for twenty percent off sale. Um, but investment opportunities too. Think about the 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 size of the industries that are going and the companies that are going through the biggest changes of the past twenty to forty years. Energy, it's going through the biggest change right now this year that it's gone through in in forty years. And I'm not talking about you know gas prices being really high or coming down really low. And I'm not talking about political gouging and accusations and all sorts of grandstanding. I'm talking about companies who are in the business of delivering energy and having huge opportunities all of a sudden laid on their table here in America where they could perhaps deliver all other than um, fossil fuel energy if that's the way they want to go. Or they could go into, as many of them are, into carbon capture opportunities. Or they could re-drill because this is what Europe, the, the most green of of the um, parts of the world needs in order to stay alive. That is a massive opportunity for the energy industry. It's a huge change. Mm -hmm. And these companies are going to make really good decisions. And, and they could all be divergent decisions, right? And we won't know in advance whether, you know, this company over here doing that is the right decision compared to that company over there doing another thing, right? A massive investment opportunity, fantastic opportunities for employment, for new jobs, for... Think about another one, defense. When has it been the case where you have um, uh, uh, such a huge need for defense where you haven't had a great investment opportunity? It's always been the case that when countries, when people decide that they need to build stuff to keep themselves safe, that people are employed and that money is made and that... Um, uh, that that result is achieved, mm -hmm. right? And and so it's you know it was World War II in a very simple version of history that ended the Great Depression, right? It was um, the 1980s uh, uh, America's ability to outspend the Soviet Union that brought down the Soviet Union. I mean, there's uh, these are really simple, gross simplifications of uh, of history, but they're great investment opportunities. And these are both periods of time when equity markets, particularly in the United States, did fantastic. And, and these are happening right now, right in front of our eyes, despite all of the bad news around us. There are amazing, amazing investment opportunities and personal opportunities. And you know what? We still have food on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's all sorts of challenges that, you know, maybe we won't have everything we always want and the shells aren't quite as full as they used to be. Maybe this is an opportunity to change our diet. Maybe this is an opportunity hmm. to spend more time outside. Maybe, I mean, there's all sorts of ways to just flip that exactly around and say, wow, not bad, man. Not bad. Things are working. Right. 
No, and, and uh, you'd expect to get something like this out of me. The the two moments in history that you mentioned where uh, what seemed like insurmountable challenges were overcome, both uh, World War II and the defeat of communism, or the supposed defeat of communism. We yes. still have communism, so I don't right, know that we I actually know. defeated it. But nevertheless, the catalyst, the catalyst fueling those activities, those expenditures those pursuits was liberty. That's right. And so I think getting back to this earlier in this podcast where we cued the music, America is a great country because of our liberty, not because of our federal reserve, not because of our stock markets, not because of our tract homes. What makes America (laughs) great is liberty. And, and uh, so despite whatever headwinds, world war two, communism, stagflation. It's our ability to act and take advantage and work against headwinds that allows us to come out on top. Exactly. Well, well said, my friend. I don't know if we can conclude on any better note than that. Thomas Jefferson couldn't. So why should we? <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We had a great conversation. I know, Nate, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy yourself? Absolutely. I think we, I think we really enjoyed each other's company. And, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to everybody today. Um, I look forward to meeting you in person or talking again real soon. Until then, create a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else. And join us next time. If you want to meet with a member of the team, please contact us at, at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's info at expertnetworkteam.com. If you have special topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us and let us know at the same email address. Again, that's info at expertnetworkteam.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to remind you that listening to this podcast does not establish a client professional relationship with any of the firms represented, nor does it constitute legal investment or accounting advice. And the views are those of the professionals only. Investment advisory services may be provided through AI Financial Services and securities may be provided through Genios Wealth Management.